Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So notice that lie, those things they did to Joseph, Nothing had been done about that at all. So what is Joseph's goal? Look at this. To repent and be restored with God. And when that happened with God, then the whole family could finally not be living a lie with each other. They could come back together. It'd be a celebration. And they would be doing life with God with a clear conscience and with each other with a clear conscience. That's his goal. God knows it. Have you ever done something you knew was wrong, but did it anyway? Of course you have. Everyone has. That twinge of regret you felt. That was your conscience reminding you of that wrong thing you did. If you didn't try to repair the wrong, your conscience kept reminding you, didn't it? Pastor Mark will be teaching about the long-term effect of a guilty conscience in the lives of Joseph's brothers. You'll also be able to see what living a life with a pattern of forgiveness can do for you as you observe Joseph's behavior toward his brothers. There are a lot of good lessons to learn from Joseph's responses. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 42 as he begins a new message called God and Conscience. It's not hard to find Genesis. It's like the first book of the Bible. Just open it, turn right to Genesis 42 and 43. And again, it's a joy to be with you as we study the life of Joseph. Opening statements. What is our conscience? Can we always trust our conscience? Do politicians have any? No, let me, that's not in my notes. How can we have a clear, spiritual, healthy conscience? Well, sometimes we misunderstand the word conscience and what it's about. Here's just a very simple definition. A moral sense of right or wrong that affects one's thoughts and behavior. So it's all about morality. It's about a spiritual warfare. What we think, we become. So that's, again, where the battle is. Now, our conscience, in a practical way for you to look at it, our conscience is like a moral traffic light. It will tell you when to stop, when to slow down with caution. Then it will tell you when to go. When we see a green light, what does it mean? Go ahead. Go ahead. When we see a red light, what does it mean? Not unless you're one of those idiot drivers. I can make it through it. I can make it through <laughs> Ever been? Why do you wait when the light turns green? 
because you're waiting for one of them people to come through, right? Exactly. And when you see a yellow light, what does it mean? You have another three minutes to get through the light. Yeah, not really. It means what? Caution, caution. Now, here's one that will surprise some of you. God never intended our conscience to be the spiritual guide of our life. Pastor Mario, will you explain that? Yes. Our conscience can be clear and good. It can be guilty. We'll see that today. Corrupt, weak, seared, hardened. And many people have a compromising conscience. To them, it's fine. And they just go with it. It's going. Satan will say to you, nobody ever knows. Just go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. Just compromise this time. No problem. Well, a healthy conscience can tell us to do right, but it will not tell us what right is. And that depends on the simple, the word of God. First thing to write down this morning is this. Understand this principle. Our conscience must be programmed By the word of God. You just don't have a conscience. You do whatever you want to do. No, it must be programmed by the word of God because that's the only infallible guide for our life. This Bible tells us how to do life. Now, my conscience simply must be programmed with the truth that comes from the word of God. Paul, he made this amazing statement, Acts 24, 16. So I strive. Now stop just a moment. Look at me. Strive. Why, why the word striving? Because it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. Well, I think it's okay for me. I think it's okay for me. Or sometimes it's, it's a good thing, but it's not the best thing. So notice, I strive always. And why the word always? Because there's always a compromise to do the wrong thing. That's why we have that old sin nature in us. So he says, I strive always To keep my conscience, what? Clear, healthy, before not only God, but man. Because sometimes our guilty conscience is from people. It's against people. And of course, obviously, against God. Now we begin in chapter 42. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I've heard that there is some grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. So here's the 10 brothers. And when... You remember what happened. See if you can put it together. When they were jealous and angry that Joseph was the favored son. Remember, they, they, they caught him when he was out one day. And they decided, what are we going to do with this guy? And they're going to put him in a pit. And you'll see later he screamed to get out and they just ignored it. And, and then one of them said, let's just kill him. Get rid of him. And another one says, no, no, let's not do that. Here comes a caravan. Here comes a caravan. And let's just sell them on the caravan. Let's see. How many of you remember where the caravan was going? Joseph is going to be on it. Where was it going? Egypt. Egypt. Okay. Now, 
when they hear their dad say this, I understand that there's food in Egypt. I want you to go to Egypt. Why would that word go? They're not going to show anything to their dad, but they're going, Egypt? Why would they be fearful? Why would they be upset at the word Egypt? Because they have a guilty conscience. They hated the word. They know where Joseph is. Last place on earth they want to go. Because they did wrong. They have a guilty conscience. Now, this is 20 years after they did that. 20 years after they did that. But that word, Egypt, stirred their guilty consciences. Now, what was God doing sending them to Egypt? Well, take a look at this. God was using a famine. Now, famine is not a good thing. He was using it to get Joseph's brothers to face their sin. And God was not just that, but that's the first step. He's trying to get that family put back together and them in relationship with God. As we do these two trips, you're going to see trip to Egypt, trip back from Egypt, back home to Israel. Israel to Egypt, back home again. Now, as you watch those trips there, I don't remember exactly, but something like 250 miles, whatever. And of course, they're not taking a cab. They're not taking a car. They're going down with camels and donkeys and whatever, back and forth and back and forth. But here, remember, they believe this, that at the best, when they get to Egypt, Joseph will be there. They may find him, may not find him. They think at best he's going to be a slave 20 years later, still a slave, just miserable, or As you'll see later, they actually believe he's dead. So as they're making their trips, it's a guilty trip all the way around. It's not just Egypt, it's Joseph. And it's causing a problem, and you'll see it as we walk through the scriptures. Verse 4. But Jacob, the father, did not send Benjamin, the youngest son, Joseph's brother with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel, same name as Jacob, Sons were among those who went to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. So that famine was not just in Egypt. It was over that whole area of the world. Now, verse 6. Now, Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all the people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. Now, you have to understand something. Joseph is dressed as a pharaoh would have been dressed. Headgear, clothes that they've never seen, eye makeup. I say that specifically because you'll see later. He, when he cries, he has to go away and wipe the makeup. You ladies know what I'm talking about, that mascara that runs. Well, that's what Joseph is. And let me explain to you. As they arrive and see Joseph, they don't know it's Joseph. And he is not speaking to them. He's speaking to an Egyptian interpreter. Okay, so you understand this as they go through there. So here they are, and they meet Joseph, and he's the second leader. Now, what do they do? What's it say the scripture said they did? They did what? They bowed down. Now, they're not thinking about it, but Joseph's thinking about it. You remember 20 years before, what was the dream Joseph had? That his brothers would what? Bow down. And what was one of the reasons they wanted to get rid of him? No way we're bound down to you, boy. You're the young boy. Now you're a whippersnapper. Forget it. Now they have no clue. What are they doing? 
bowing down to Joseph. Now, you say, well, that doesn't have any relationship to me. Well, it really does. Joseph knows that it was a dream from God, and it's a fulfillment, and he's watching it. He's got to be emotional as he watches what happened. See, the brothers don't have a clue. They don't know who they're bound out to, some guy that's in charge of Egypt. But listen to this. Be encouraged. Hold on to your dreams that God has given you. God will, in his timing, fulfill them. When we were getting ready to start this church, you've heard me talk many times. It was five years before God fulfilled that dream for us. Here's 20 years for Joseph. Hold on to that dream. Now, notice what I put here. Dreams that God has given you. Some people come to me, you know, just funky stuff. We have fun with it. I have a dream from God. Okay, what's that dream? Well, I'm going to have a house in Maui and a house up north so I can ski in the winter. And I'm going to have a Ferrari, whatever. I just said to them, quit eating pizza at night. (laughs) That is not a dream from God. That's your own crazy mind. Amen? If God gives you a dream, hold on. He'll fulfill it, just as you see Joseph. Verse 7, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers... He recognized them. Now, that's amazing in itself, 20 years ago. But he pretended to be a stranger, and he spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord, they answered. Your servants have come, hello, to buy food. We are the sons of one man. The servants, your servants, are honest men. Just put quotes around that, please. Are honest men, not spies. Now, why is Joseph speaking harshly to them and calling them spies? Now, some people, when they read through this series with these words, they get put in jail a little bit later. Some other things happen. They go, well, Joseph is getting revenge. He's finding a way to pay him back for all the time and the stuff that they did to him, you know, put him in that pit, sold him, just, you know, all of that lied to his dad. That's it. But if Joseph had been seeking revenge, he isn't. But if he had been, he would have been tempted basically when he says to see them. Oh, by the way, I'm Joseph. I'm the second most powerful man in Egypt. I'm ready to get even with you. And it begins today. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, nobody would say that. Let's move right along. He is not angry. He has already forgiven them. And you'll see over and over, and as we go through this, you're going to see he's not interested at all in revenge. He knows that God is going to use their traveling. He didn't call them there. God orchestrated them to come there. God's using this to test the brothers. Joseph wants to see if his brothers had become truthful. He wants to see if they've changed, if that sin that they did against him and the lie to their dad. Did anything happen in the last 20 years? Is anything good? Now, 
He knows that they lived 20 years with a guilty conscience. They were living a lie and never were truthful with Jacob, their dad. So I want you to think about this. They are living with a guilty conscience for how many years? 20 years. I did a little math. Every day, 7,300 days is 20 years. 7,300 days. They got up every morning with what? A guilty conscience. Well, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal? Well, it's a huge deal. See, a guilty conscience affects us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. 7,300 days. Every morning, starting the day with a guilty conscience. They weren't living. They were existing. And God had sent them there to see if somebody could wake them up to the sin that they had committed and basically at some point ask God to forgive them. So notice that lie, those things they did to Joseph, nothing had been done about that at all. So what is Joseph's goal? Look at this. To repent and be restored with God. And when that happened with God, then the whole family could finally not be living a lie with each other. They could come back together. It'd be a celebration. And they would be doing life with God with a clear conscience and with each other with a clear conscience. That's his goal. God knows it. Now, verse 12. No, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. I don't believe you. He's challenging them. But they replied, no, your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man, Jacob, who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest, Benjamin, is now with our father. And out of all of his sons, one is no more. So what do they believe has happened to Joseph? You got it. Right on. Dead. Now, do you know that God has a sense of humor? How do you know that? Look around you. Are we funky people or what? Amigo, they wore that? Look at that hair or lack of. Whatever. Here's a funny thing. I don't know how Joseph did this. And the brothers say, and one is no more. Well, who are they talking to? One that is no more. (laughs) Oh, you didn't get it. Do I have to go over it again? They're talking to somebody that's dead? No, they're talking to the one that is no more. Hey, how are you? I'm Joseph. Now, he's not going to say that, but he's got to be doing this. (laughs) I think I'm okay. I can feel myself. I love God's humor. One that is no more, and they're standing right in front of them. See? They don't get it at all. And Joseph said to them, it's just as I told you, you're spies. And this is how you will be, notice the word tested. That's exactly what he's doing. He's testing him. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother, Benjamin, comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will keep in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth, because they'd been living a lie with a guilty conscience. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, You are spies. If I find that you're still lying, you're not honest, 
then it's bad news for you. And he put them all in custody for three days in jail. On the third day, Joseph said to them, here's my solution. Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in the prison. While the rest of you go, take the grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. And they talked among themselves. And the last part of that verse says they proceeded to do so. In other words, we really don't have a choice. Our people are starving at home. We need to get food for them. If we don't do this, it's not going to be good for anybody at all. Then they said to one another, watch the guilty conscience now. Watch. By the way, everyone here has had guilty conscience many times. Don't look at me and say, well, Pastor Mark, I can get up and leave now because I've never had a guilty conscience. You need to stay because you need to be the first one to the altar today. Because we've all done that. Notice, they said to one another, they're talking. Surely we are, say the two words. Being what? Punished. Uh Uh-oh. What do they see? Because of our brother. They know exactly what God's doing. They can see that God is in the background. That guilty conscience didn't take much to go, whoop. They said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life down in that pit. But we would not listen. That's why the distress has come upon us. See, they're beginning to see God has known for 20 years that they're guilty. But they've refused to do anything about it. They're miserable. And you see in a little while, they're fearful. Now, what caused the brothers to think back how they mistreated Joseph and threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery? What caused them to think that way? A guilty conscience. The word Egypt, and you'll see later the word silver, and what they're discussing right here. This guilt, suppressed sin, no peace, 20 years. 7,300 days, no shalom. Have a nice day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. None, zero, gone. How stupid we can be to live with a guilty conscience. Now, This reminds us of somebody that didn't live 20 years with a guilty conscience. But David, he was a favored son of God. And he lived one year. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, killed her husband, and for one year refused, refused to admit he was wrong. So he lived for one year with a guilty conscience. Not 20, just one. But look what the Bible says about David. A man after God's own heart. Take a look at this. When I refuse to confess... Why does a person refuse to confess? Because they're prideful. There isn't a person I'm talking to. You never became a Christian because you're a good person. You became a Christian because the first thing you did is say, God, I confess. I'm a sinner. I need your help. Can I hear an amen? In today's message, Pastor Mark introduced the concept of conscience. He talked about it being a moral sense of right and wrong that affects one's thoughts and behavior. He said that it needs to be programmed by God's Word because that is the only infallible God. You also were seeing that Joseph's brothers were being afflicted by their own consciences and guilt. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, God and Conscience. He will also be talking about the dreams that Joseph had had as a child and how now, many years later, God was bringing them to pass. Pastor Mark will relate this to your life and the plans that God has for you. In addition, you'll hear about the guilt that Joseph's brothers were carrying and how they dealt with that. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.